Number eight. It's the Tip of the Tower podcast here. Back on election night with uh, shocking results so far, guys. I mean, Donald Trump is looking like he might be the next president. Um, I don't know what's more shocking, him getting the victory or the Leafs getting blown out 7 nothing tonight. You know, or the Canadian immigration website crashing as we're doing this podcast, which I thought was pretty jokes <laughs> too. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Dave, Jake, how you guys doing? Uh, I'm in complete uh, panic right now, considering the Bovada website has them at minus 8,000 to win. Yeah, it's insane. It's, uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. I mean, I'm not, I openly will say I did not vote for Donald Trump, but Jesus Christ. Well, for all the betters out there, I mean, Trump started the day at plus 600. I know, to go from plus 600 to that, I mean, if you put money on him then, you're making a ton of money. Oh, well, well, Jake, uh, Chris and I could meet you at the border uh, Yeah, before they put the wall up for us snow Mexicans up here. Snow Mexicans, <laughs> yeah, exactly, as he likes to refer to us. I can't believe this is actually happening. No, but... I, I can't either. Well, I have... Again, I, I digress. Hopefully, hopefully, there's better days, so. Hopefully. And the Leafs are kind of hoping the same thing because tonight was – Dave, off the air, you called it a scrimmage. I feel like that was fitting, a 7 nothing scrimmage. Uh, touchdown LA Kings tonight. So, yeah. I mean, what is it really to say about that? <laughs> What's there to say? I mean, the team had nothing going offensively. At one point, they had five shots in one period, and then LA was leading. They had like 23 shots, and the Leafs had eight. Like, it's it, it just a night where they were schooled. It, it, like LA, there people were questioning their goaltending and whether they're going to be able to survive with Jonathan Quick. I think they showed that they don't need Jonathan Quick right now to to be a good team, and the Leafs found out the hard way. Well, one of the storylines heading in tonight's game was that the Leafs generate the most shots and the Kings suppress the most shots. Um, the Kings finished with forty three shots tonight. The Leafs finished with nineteen. Take that nineteen well. shots. Oh my god! Right. Oh. <laughs> I mean, hey, everybody said, hey, maybe playoffs. We're in a playoff position. I said from the get-go, this is going to be a long season. It wouldn't shock me if we got another high pick. But, I mean, that's that's just a Stanley Cup champion. That's a team with a lot of veteran players and guys that have been there and won two championships. So, I mean, this is it's it's obviously good for the for the young players on the Leafs to get a taste of of what it what it truly takes to be one of those elite teams, and right now they're just not there. No, and it's it, I think it starts on the back end. Obviously, they had nothing going offensively, but when you're stuck in your own zone as much as they were tonight, you're not gonna you're not gonna beat a team like LA who just feeds off of off of mistakes and just hemming you in your own zone. I'm, well, I what's mean, the issue on the back end? Like. I know in our group chat, a lot of times we complain about Mark Marinson. Is it just him, or is there more going on in the back end that people aren't seeing? I don't know. He obviously gets a lot of the blame because he's terrible. And oh my God, was he horrible today? I I saw him have uh, on. The, I think it was the second goal. He had a horrible giveaway, and it just straight up led to a goal by uh, Dustin Brown. And he just throws it up the boards. He just gets scared and he throws it, tries to get it, get it out. And I mean. I don't know why he continues to throw it up the boards. If you're going to do that, just flip it up high, through up the middle, go 20 feet in the air. I mean, it's it's just something that he clearly just doesn't have the ability to be a top six defenseman in the NHL. And 
it's getting pretty frustrating to see that Frankie Corrado is not even being given a chance to play, considering how bad this guy is. Like, at this point, I, I think you can't go wrong with giving him a chance to play the next game. Like no player, no player on that back end showed any promise tonight. And I, I'm obviously when when it comes to the defensive game, I'm more of the fact that it's a it's a team game, it's a unit. You can't put it on one guy. I've had guys comment on my articles saying I don't give Morgan Riley enough grief. I'm like, the guy plays against the best players on the on on the opposing teams. We can give him a little bit of a leeway if he's not having his best nights. But it's not just him. It's not just Merson. It's the whole unit that's just not getting it done. So I don't see it getting any better. So I, Oh, you yeah, know. for sure. I mean, uh, Riley's an incredibly talented offensive defenseman, but he occasionally, every game, throws a pizza up the middle that is a clear giveaway for the other team's players to just go up, and he's just got to take that out of his game. Yeah, and how it comes with experience. He's still he's only twenty two years old. Like people have to remember that. He, ha- he obviously he's played more than some guys his age, but he's still learning. And you know he's playing with a, with a guy like Nikita Zaitsev, who's just getting his first taste in the NHL. And he honestly, I don't think he looks like a rookie right now. He's doing pretty well, but that unit just needs more experience. It, they just, right now they're just learning. Yeah, I mean Zaitsev looks like clearly the best, the second best defenseman in the Leafs. I mean Jake Gardner's hasn't looked very good either. I mean again, it's just these guys are all incredible skaters, and they're they're really trying to skate themselves out of trouble, and it just isn't working over the course of an entire season. I mean, yeah, every now and then you're going to be able to do that, but they're relying on their uh, their abilities way too much, and they have to be better defensively for sure. So I get the vibe from you, too, that this is kind of a growing pain issue with the Leafs, that there's just a young team trying to grow up a bit. Or is this, like, a legitimate long-term issue? I kind of get the sense you guys think it's growing pains. I'm, I'm 50-50. I think part of it's growing pains with guys like Riley, Zaitsev. Gardner, like, I've heard guys say that this is just what, what he is. He has He can skate really well, move the puck, but then he just makes gaffes. Those, those are things you just have to live with with him. But part of it is also just um, like guys like Polak, Hunwick. Obviously, the game is catching up to them. They're not able to deal with the the amount of speed that's been coming at them. Polak hasn't been as bad. I've actually would rather have him in the lineup than a guy like Hunwick or Marinson, where they just sometimes have no clue what's going on. So part of it is, I think, yeah, part of, most of it is growing pains, and then the other part is just they need. They need guys with better defensive awareness in their own zone. Jake, would you agree with that or no? Yeah, I mean, you're really killing me here, Dave, saying that that you'd have that much more faith in Polak, but it it really is that bad to the point where he is legitimately your fourth fourth or fifth best defenseman because the sixth and seventh are actually that bad. I mean, thank God. Matt Hunwick is hurt. The guy can't skate. Hey. He literally can't skate. He's coming back. I Get hope ready. not. Get ready. He's practicing. He's getting ready to suit up again. God help us all. Oh, it, it, it just pains you. Seriously, though. It pains you. And then when you look at there's no quick 
option down with the Marlies that you can say, okay, why don't we just call up this guy? There's nothing right now that suggests that there's going to be any any fix that's going to happen this season. It's probably going to have to wait. No, I mean, what they're looking for is a top four defenseman who's a two-way two-way defenseman that can play obviously offensively and contribute but is defensively responsible i mean those just don't grow on trees i mean there's there's two that were out there and in in hampus lindholm and jacob truba but obviously hampus lindholm is signed back with with the ducks and jacob truba is signed back with the jets and i just don't see a fit here in toronto so it's you either got to draft them or you got to overpay for them in free agency and Obviously, there's some good defensemen out there in free agency and Brent Burns and Kevin Shattenkirk, and those are some guys that I would definitely want to bid on, but they're just so hard to acquire, especially in season. I don't see them making a significant defensive trade uh, this year at all. I think the one thing you're realizing is that what what the Leafs have abundance of is forwards, but teams don't want to trade defensemen for forwards. They want to trade defensemen for either... Picks or defensemen, and that's the yeah, Leafs' problem. Right which is now. just such a lateral move, and it wouldn't make sense. Exactly. So right now, the Leafs can't can't make a deal for a defenseman. The people were saying we could trade JVR for a defenseman. At this point, you can't, I don't even I don't even know if teams are calling about JVR right now, just because he hasn't been off to the best start this season. It's you're the Leafs are putting putting themselves in a position where they just have to wait and see. Well, I mean, there's always been one team and one name that I thought that would make sense for a JVR trade, and it's the only defenseman who I believe the Leafs could actually acquire in season, and it, it's the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I mean, the, the players, Cam Fowler, they obviously have just a glut of defensemen that are really talented. I mean, they have legitimately eight or nine NHL-caliber defensemen. That's just that's absurd. And that's the only place you're going to get one. But you wonder what deal would make sense for the Ducks. And, you know, their GM is saying that they want to ride with their players they have now for one more chance. So it'll be interesting, obviously, leading up uh, to the trade deadline as the season gets on more. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. I think two things with JVR. One... His, I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know if his foot, like he says it's good, but he's not getting the minutes. He just doesn't look right out there. I mean, you see flashes, but not anything that's long-term where he's just, man, he, something just doesn't look right with him. Two, I, I agree with you on the thing that Fowler's the only guy they could trade for him. If not to Anaheim, anywhere else possible at all, anywhere? Because I know a lot of people, the common thing right now is saying that, you know, trade JVR for a piece and then call up Kapanen because he's lighting it up. Yeah, I so, mean, I, I'm the biggest captain fan out there, but just just look around for a team that's going for it, has the pieces to facilitate a deal and the cap space to to get it, and have defensemen. I mean, they're just so uncommon to have defensemen that are of excess. Maybe the Blues. That's the only team I could think of. But I mean, what deal are you making for Shattenkirk? He's going to be a free agent. It makes no sense, and it looks like they're holding on to him. Yeah. And, I mean, there's not many teams that have. A ton of defensemen. It's it's the hardest commodity you find in the NHL outside of the number one centerman. So would you move JVR for anything else? Uh, I mean, the only thing I would consider is depending on where this team is at the deadline, I might move them for like a first and a top prospect. But you never know. I mean, 
obviously I like picks and prospects because you know teams are are able to put their own spin on it and sometimes people don't like the player and JVR and something like that so I think maybe the Leafs could do what Buffalo did and and get Kulikov for the bunch of picks that they have next year because they have three seconds three seconds or two going in the next draft uh, I think and I think I think it's uh, two because they two because they traded one for Anderson right yeah so they have two you I can pretty much guarantee they'll add to their picks uh, going to this deadline there's a bunch of different players that you're you'd have to think they're going to consider trading away my, Dave, my yeah what anybody you could trade for I again like Jake has said I I think what the Leafs have done is they've added a good good group of forwards i think even if they're not nhl ready defensemen i think you got to look for a team that has uh has some play like defensive prospects that may not fit what like like what they kind of do with connor carrick where washington didn't really have a spot for him bring him to the marlies give him a chance to get some good ice time and maybe you you went you get a, a surprise deal there um, that that's where I would go. You're not gonna get anybody with NHL ready potential. Let's try to maybe get a guy that can help develop with a guy like Andrew Nielsen and Travis Dermott. That's that's where I would go with a JVR trade because JVR still has a year left that makes him a little more valuable than maybe some other free agent uh, fours that could be dealt at the deadline. I mean, look at. Look at Andrew Nielsen though, and, and Dermot. They're they're not really stalwarts defensively. I no. mean, they're really talented offensive defensemen. I mean, you look at Andrew Nielsen how how well he's playing in the NHL. He's got I'm pretty sure he's leading rookie de- rookies in in points. If I'm or maybe it's rookie defense. No, he, he's second in rookie defenseman in points. Uh, there's a guy on Providence. His name is skipping me right now because I did write it in the in the Marlies report. I did. He's second in in rookie defenseman in scoring, so okay. Um, he he does. I think he's. I think maybe his defensive game isn't too bad, but it's definitely not the strong point of his game. As you said, the offensive part is what, yeah, uh, w- which is good. But I think right now, I think if I'm uh, Sheldon Keefe and the guys with Lee Smanjin, I I want to now focus on Andrew Nielsen being dependable at both areas of the ice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, yeah, Keefe will improve that in this game. But, like, going back to the teams that maybe have defensemen to spare that you would go after, um, maybe the Calgary Flames, you could go after them. They have a, a good amount of defensemen. The Minnesota Wild, the the Nashville Predators with the guy like Ellis or Matthias Ekholm. I mean, it depends on if they want more offense or not. Well, Nashville's really struggling out of the gate. So I think they could, they could want to make a deal, especially to get some offense because uh, Phil Forsberg is not he's not doing well. We Chris and I were talking about it before we started that he's a guy that maybe is is off to a, a start that he doesn't not a good start. So maybe they maybe they are they're a team that could be of interest, especially for maybe for a centerman or a, a winger from the Leafs. Well, the general manager Dave Pioli. Obviously, everybody knows his connection to American hockey. JVR's American. He's always been one of JVR's biggest fans, too, so it's got to count for something, right? Oh, yeah. I, I think, uh, 
you know the trade to bring a PK Subban. I still think obviously they'll do it. They would do it again. Um, but you wonder maybe they didn't really compensate for losing Jimmy VC. Obviously they that probably really really hurt them, especially at the deadline last year when they were planning to get someone and then they thought VC was going to be there, and then obviously losing them this off season. That's that's a big loss to a team like. Uh, Nashville, who has a hard time attracting free agents, and then you're seeing what VC's doing over in New York. We were talking about that, Jake, and that, that's that's tough for Nashville. And I think they're a team that could that could want to maybe add offensively and subtract from their defense to do it. I mean, for all the all the doomsday predictors that said Nashville's done, I mean, they're in a wild card position right now, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering the state of the Western Conference, I mean, they're definitely not out of it. But, yeah, I mean, you're still doing that deal over and over again. I mean, I think the wheels are going to fall off of Shea Weber if they, you know, if he hasn't shown cracks in his defensive game already. But, you know, he's a good player. I mean, everybody says that he was a bad player. I mean, I didn't like the deal personally because he's obviously going to be 33 and he's got, what is it, like 10 more years on his deal. So that's what I didn't like about it. But right now, they're pretty even defensemen at this point, and Weber's probably the better defenseman uh, defensively. I, I think he's having he, a great year in Montreal yeah. too right now. Yeah, he's he's got like thirteen points. Yeah, he's 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 doing what they want him to do, which was bring that presence to the locker room where guys will follow what he's doing and not necessarily have issues with the way he acts on and off the ice. Maybe that they did with PK Subban, although PK. <laughs> was was I think unfairly treated there in Montreal so I'm sure he he likes what what's going on in Nashville with him being a star there but yeah I, I'm with you I don't think Shea Weber is gonna continue to light it up like he has so far to start the season okay transitioning a bit out of the whole Shea Weber and Leafs talk in general um actually no, no it'll stay Leafs talk but it's more of like a fantasy type thing that fans have been kicking the tires on recently Borderline hot take here. Over the weekend, Damian Cox wrote a piece about John Tavares possibly maybe considering Toronto in 2018. I don't know if you – I think both of you guys have read it, no? Yeah, we both read it. Yep, I've read it. Thoughts on it? I mean, obviously he cited things like the Islanders are struggling. They've whiffed on draft picks recently. It's the worst playing surface in the league. The team's future outlook doesn't look the greatest at the moment. The Leafs are obviously on the rise. Um, maybe it could be more appealing in 2018 for John Tavares. I mean, is he coming home, guys? Ah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I mean, looking at the situation in, in not even Long Island and Brooklyn right now is is atrocious. I mean, I've said this for a long time. The people that built that arena, Mikhail Prokhorov, they're so stupid for building it as an NBA only arena. I mean, it made no sense. I mean, when you build a building, you make it dual sports and with retractable seating. And theirs is all concreted in, so it's a really weird layout where it's it's hard to see, uh, and there's a goddamn car in the corner. It looks absurd. Yeah, I mean, the the only way I can see Tavares ever considering the Leafs is if New York is not in the... He's very loyal, and he's it's kind of a, a similar situation with Stankos, other than the fact that the Islanders future is not like what Tampa's future is. You were talking, Chris, that their draft picks haven't exactly panned out. 
Um, I, I think there's just a lot of pressure on Tavares, way more than what Stamkos had in Tampa Bay, and maybe that makes him consider the Leafs, who I think are going to be a very attractive team in two years when he's up as a free agent. Um, but obviously, we just can't get our expectations high on something like we've already seen what happened with Stamkos. What can happen when even if he just takes a meeting, uh, I, I the the outlook looks better than Stamkos just because Stamkos just wants to stay in Tampa. Win, he didn't want to go to a rebuilding team in Toronto, so maybe Tavares will see the Leaf situation as better than what the Islanders will have in a couple of years. Yeah, I'll be the first to admit that I hate these kind of topics where it's like a, a colossal what if that you don't really have anything to answer just based off like you know if this goes right or if this happens and this could happen it's just it's it's all like just hearsay right at this point but i mean who's to say toronto's even the best spot for Tavares if he was to leave like the rangers the red wings other teams are going to have space available to make a run at him too right i mean yeah definitely i mean it goes back to the jimmy vesey street ticks you obviously are looking at those teams and the teams that were in for him and need those star players in their lineup. I mean, the Rangers don't have a bona fide star player right now. Yeah, Jimmy Vesey's a great player, but I don't see him as a superstar, in my opinion. So, them, Detroit, uh, maybe Montreal, too. I, Tampa Bay, maybe. I don't know. You know, considering the, the tax they got down there, you never know what they're going to be able to pull off. Well, here, let me ask you guys this. A lot of talk recently has been about like players like Mitch Marner. Obviously, he's from here. He's playing for the Leafs. He's talking about how it's a dream and all that. For players from here, how much do you think it matters to them to play for Toronto? Or does it at all? I mean, it does. I mean, for me, people want to obviously represent your country. So that's, I guess that's kind of, kind of like it. But um, you also want to represent where you're from. You know, people are generally very, very proud of where they're from. I mean, look at LeBron James. The guy willingly came back to Cleveland. I mean, who's going to Cleveland outside of LeBron? I mean, that's the only free agent I can think of that would ever go to Cleveland. You know, guys obviously have a lot of pride about, you know, where they're from, especially, well, Americans do, I know, but I'm sure Canadians do as well. It's just, you know, you have kind of a loyalty to where you're from, and you don't really want to forget it. So I can see that. And is it, he's from Mississauga, I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, he's yeah. from, I think, Mississauga, Oakville, I think. So, I mean, obviously he grew up as a Leafs fan, and it would just be surreal to be a part of that. That's for me, though. I don't know what John Tavares' life is like. I mean, he's got to be enjoying living in New York City right now, but I don't know how long you could take playing in that building. It's a complete mess, so. Well... The one thing I will say about the whole home team thing, I, we've seen time and time again where maybe guys near the tail end of their career come to Toronto and they talk about living out their childhood fantasy by playing for the Leafs. What would it be like if one of those guys came when maybe they're in the their prime of their career at their best points and had success in Toronto? How much better that would be? I don't think they realize that. I think a guy like Tavares, if he could be a part of... This building, which looks like it's going to be promising, if he could be a part of that and help them get over the Stanley Cup drought that we've been wanting to get rid of for years, I think it would mean more than just coming at it like a tail end of his career where he's 
just wants to at least have a chance to play for the team. We saw it with guys like Eric Lindros, uh, Brad Boys was another one. I'm just trying to think of guys off the top of my head that ended their David career. Carson. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're opening up that can of words, are we? Uh, Dave Boland was another one. Um, like there's, there's a bunch of guys that have enjoyed playing in Toronto, but maybe this is not the right time in their career to – Come in Toronto, come to Toronto, and they're they're they kind of get the spotlight of being uh, at the tail end of their career, but not succeeding in Toronto. I mean, one thing that I'd like to add to that, and I actually think it it, it works here, is that you got to also look at these guys are born in the '90s, so they really haven't seen any winning in Toronto, so they've never really seen what it's like when there's when things are going well for. Any team in Toronto, but look at it right now. I mean, you got the Blue Jays are going to ALCSs back to back years. You got the Raptors and in, in the Eastern Conference Final. You got TFC in the Eastern Conference Final. I mean, it's just you can't help but not get behind those teams and just think about what it would be like if the Leafs were in that position. How many people would be behind them? I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, all these guys always talk about, yeah, yeah, I'm watching the Blue Jays. It's exciting to see like how everything's going, and it, it's something you you want to be a part of. I mean, you want to you want to be that. I mean, that's something that a lot of players want to do. They want to go to a place where winning is in the fabric of the city. I mean, look at Chicago right now. There were five million people at their at their uh, parade. You don't think the Leafs would get five million people? I was Either. literally just going to oh. say that because a lot of people on Twitter that are from Toronto, players, whether it be any sport, they said, imagine if this was Toronto because they've been so starved for a winner for so long, the city. The Leafs like, are hey. essentially the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. And then when you Man, look. That'd be chaos. Yeah, it would be absolute chaos. Like you couldn't. Like people kept talking about playing in the parade route and then. Uh, the one thing when it comes to the Leafs drought is just how much grief Leafs fans have taken over the years with this drought. Exactly. You always think – it's like with Jets fans, Cubs fans, Browns fans. Uh, they, always think, they always think something is going to not go their way. And for the past 20 years, it hasn't. But that's starting to turn around slightly. I mean, you know, the Raptors – been a never nothing franchise forever i mean they got all the way to the eastern conference final that's something that you've never seen you're thinking to yourself in round one oh they're gonna blow it in game seven round two they're gonna blow it in game seven they don't they pull it out the blue jays oh they look terrible down the stretch they're probably gonna lose in the wild card game to the orioles no they pull it out oh against the texas rangers the best record in the al they're not gonna pull it out they do I mean, obviously it's unfortunate that they haven't been able to make it to a championship series, whether it be the World Series, NBA Finals, uh, hopefully MLS Cup for Toronto FC, but there's just always that seed of doubt in your mind where nothing is going to go your way, and it's starting to turn. You know, we're starting to get, you know, a lot more pride in people being from Toronto and, you know, like kind of adding your name to the success of, of those sports teams. So, you know, it's something that's that's really good to see. I mean... Uh, one thing that, that was nice to see during the Cubs series was all the celebrities that were coming out and just showing their pride. Yeah, I'm from Chicago. I'm prideful to be from here, and you know we're all champions because it's not just the players on the team, but 
you know, as a fan growing up too, you're a part of it too. You've been through that and you got to think that John Tavares and, and guys like that who have lived through, through the pain and hardship, they're going to want to help with that. If the, if, if a good opportunity comes for them and it depends on, on how the Leafs look come uh, his free agency in 2018. On top of that, one thing I've noticed from a lot of people that are going to the games at the moment, whether it be friends, coworkers, fans, anybody that I've been talking to, they all say that there's a, a positive environment or atmosphere in the arena now. Before they would go to Leaf games, and I mean, we were known for having a dead crowd, lifeless, people, empty seats. Like it was just, it was a joke. And now people are going in. Hey, there's there's some excitement. There's some life here, and it's it's different. I just feel like there's more optimism than we've ever had before with the Leafs, and I think that's partly to do with. One, the rebuild has gone the right way so far. And like you're saying, Jake, there's been so much success in the city that people kind of feel like, hey, why not the Leafs now? Why not? Why aren't the Leafs next? So it's just a different vibe, I feel, too, with this with this team. Could I also mention that, uh, I don't know if you guys have li- I mean, really paid attention to this, but the new PA announcer, while he hasn't been terrible, I still do not, for the life of me, understand why Andy Frost was taken away. Because I think part of the reason why anybody would maybe have any enjoyment at a Leaf game was to hear Andy Frost's voice over the PA. And I've heard some people say that the new guy, it, it, they just don't under, still don't understand that decision. I, it had to be contractual or something like that. I mean, these are obviously more in-depth than they need to be. So, But yeah, I mean, you got to love Andy Frost. Uh, I was pretty upset to hear that he wasn't, he wasn't getting in there. Likewise, I thought it was weird. And like you just said, Jake, it had to be contractual, right? Why, why would you not bring him back? No, that's the part wow. I didn't understand. And then when uh, we also talked, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember when uh, the Leafs made the playoffs in the short lockout short season. Did you not notice the crowds outside of in Maple Leaf Square for Insane. first for a first round playoff series? Like, imagine like, people say, like, just imagine what that would be if they made. If they made it to a Stanley Cup Finals, I don't even think there'd be enough room. It'd be crazy. Just, I think we'll see that really and truly at the Winter Classic too, like a small fraction of it, where we're going to see the kind of crowd that they're going to get at BMO Field and around and all the festivities. We'll see how crazed people are for hockey here. Oh, talk about the Centennial Classic. I know I talked to you and Jake about potentially getting tickets. So my brother goes to get tickets online. They get Leafs, the you know Toronto MLS. He gives out a promo code to to get the pre-sale. Brother goes, puts the promo code in, doesn't work. Go figure. So then he tries. So then later works. Guess what tickets are available? Only the three hundred dollar tickets. And you go Jeez. on, and you go on StubHub like two minutes later, and you see those tickets that are going for maybe a hundred and thirty, a hundred and seventy bucks. Those are selling for two hundred and fifty dollars American. Naturally, though, right? I mean, Toronto, it, it we've happens. seen this, the Raptors, the Jays, it's expensive. It, it is, but I, I hate this. I, I absolutely hate this system where you got fans, true fans that want to go and watch the outdoor game, and half of it, probably half the people that really wanted to go, or even three quarters, including myself, are not going to shell out, let's say, 250 American to go watch the outdoor game. Like there's a line you draw to what I mean. Obviously, this is like a, you know, a rare opportunity. It could happen again, but it's just sad to see. Any ideas for what a resolution could be? 
what what's what would the resolution be? Um, I don't. I think for, gonna, for what we were talking about the tickets for the Centennial Classic, and I couldn't you get think t- they're too high. Well, I tried getting tickets, and you couldn't get them. And then uh, you see on StubHub these resellers are going for. I, there was tickets for fifty five hundred dollars. I but still, I think that's just people that are. You know, thinking, hey, maybe some dummy thinks it's five fifty and buys it. I mean, those are pretty much hail mary throws right there. But yeah, that's that's absurd. I think the lowest price for a ticket was one hundred eighty dollars U.S. on StubHub. That and Chris was asking how we fix that. Ugh, that's just how Ticketmaster and the and the NHL have to tighten up on resales. I don't know, like a special event like this, there should not be. I'm a really big uh, proponent against uh, ticket reselling. I hate it. I mean, I just don't like the idea of, of people electronically buying up 100 tickets or, or 20 tickets and selling them for twice the market value. I, I don't like it. I think it's greasy. And making money, and that's their business. That's the worst part. It's like your business is to not, not scam – but to make money off screw of screw people, screw people, screw people. I mean, we've. Heard, I mean, the tragically hip was the was a big one, where guys were trying to sell a hundred dollar tickets for eight hundred dollars because a guy is is dying and from brain wanted, cancer from brain cancer, and they want to see his last concert. Like you, this is just a ruthless. Like money is like money should not be. Obviously, money for these guys is the motivation, but it's it's terrible. So it's the thing it's the thing I really respect about European sports and especially European soccer. It's that, you know, look at Liverpool when the when the ticket price got too too big, they have obviously it's different. You can have people that are a part of a board and they vote against it. I mean, it's just so hard to get everybody to riot against it because people want to go and see games. So I I can't see it going down. It should though. It, it's a joke, but that's just the way it is, and it's really sad. It's it's ruining the game. Should should maybe for occasions like this, obviously season tickets holder got the first priority. I know a buddy of mine got his because of season tickets. Do they maybe do a draw and say you enter and then you can get a chance to purchase? So that way you weed out. Well, I mean, obviously companies can still put their names in, but maybe you limit how many. They try doing the limit of how many you can buy, but obviously that doesn't work if tickets are sold out in a minute. I don't know what like a good resolution is for this to be quite honest. Uh, it's just there's a lot of leaf fans trying to buy tickets too, right? It is. Um but it, I only saw a limited few on Twitter saying that they got and there was a lot of people saying that they they felt they got screwed. Especially cuz the promo code didn't work the first minute, which is absurd. I, I was surprised that the tickets were sold out after like the first 5 minutes. I know it's the, the outdoor game. I didn't think it was I didn't think it was going to be that that much of uh, an interest from fans to want to get them right away. Well, it makes you wonder how many they actually released, right? Well, I mean, they were, the plan is to have the what they're going to have at uh, at the Great Cup, which is close to forty thousand. So you have season ticket holders who get the first priority, and then after that, I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm sure the team took some tickets aside and. Maybe the NHL has some for giveaways, but that's forty thousand tickets. You're 
you have to fill up. I'm sure there's there's plenty of opportunity for fans to get decent tickets that just didn't happen. So I mean, I mean we can. I, I, this is obviously an issue that's been happening over the years with Ticketmaster and the way that this, the way it's been done. Maybe this going back to the old system of lining up outside the Ticketmaster booth, freezing your Jesus. butts off. I I remember I had to do that for college hockey tickets, and it was it was awesome. I mean, it it truly just goes to people that are there first. So, which I agree with. I mean, I hate people that will just show up and buy twenty tickets and resell them. I mean, we had those issues at our school, and everybody despises it. So, which I totally understand. A lot of schools now. Like especially for college football games, you need student ID, or you mm-hmm. can't get into certain sections. And I agree with that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, before we get out of here, guys, um, Patrick Laine obviously got a hat trick tonight. Which, <laughs> as you know, hot take Twitter world, it sparked a debate. Yeah. Did the Leafs make the right pick? Should they have taken Laine instead of Matthews? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe we made such a terrible decision and didn't pick him. Uh, it's so sad. No, I'm kidding. I mean, it, it's a joke. People can say that all they want, but you build these, you build your team from the back end on defense and up through the middle, through the center ice. Who is playing center for us if we don't take Austin Matthews? I mean, I'm not saying that as we literally had a need and he's the only player to take, but he's an elite, complete, def, uh, complete centerman who's dominating the league at at 19 years old. Yeah, Patrick Line is great. He's also playing with Mark Shifley. Or Blake Wheeler. I mean, he's playing with elite players. Austin Matthews is playing with two rookies. He, he's he's projected. He's not projected. He's counted on to be the guy that is leading the team, and he's already considered by everybody to be the face of the franchise. I mean, you look at the Jets. Is Liney the face of the franchise? I think it's Shifley. I think it is too. I just, think, I just can't think of any big time wingers that won championships all by themselves. They just don't exist. No, they don't. You look at every Stanley Cup champion team, you either have an elite centerman, elite goalie, or an elite defenseman, or you have all three. And you, sometimes you do need all three. I generally think you need two of three to win, but, I mean, look at Chicago. You got Taves, uh, Caves, uh, Keith, and Crawford. You got the Kings, the Kopitar, Doughty, and Quick. I mean, you need those three assets. Obviously, you've got to have those wingers that can fill in and play. Guys like like a Patrick Kane or a Marion Gabrick or, or someone like that, you know, Tanner Pearson, Tyler Toffoli, guys who can play on the wings. But wingers are very easy to find. I mean, look at look at the Leafs right now. Think about how many wingers they have. I think they have maybe 16 NHL-caliber wingers. 15. Insane. Yeah. Insane. They're playing in the Marlies. There's guys that shouldn't be playing in the Marlies that are. Well, look at the Capitals for years, right? They had a Vetchkin, obviously, who was the building block for just about everything they do. And it was only Nicholas Backstrom. And they had questions at goalie and, you know, depth down the middle. And now when they're at their best last season, they had depth down the middle with Backstrom and Kuznetsov. They had a goalie finally with Brayden Holpe. And I don't think they have Backstrom. a franchise defenseman, but Carlson's I mean, a good one. But Yeah, he's solid. Him and Niskan to make a, an okay one-two punch. It's better than ours. <laughs> yeah, he's not exactly. saying much right now. Yeah. But to your point, I mean, not many teams do it with just wingers, so. No, I mean, it's a moot point. Yeah, he's doing better right now, but we'll see who's the one with the championship down the end. It's going to be Matthews. Hashtag bias opinion, but I don't care. (laughs) 
All right, guys. On that note, um, Jake, the election is going to finish, so I'm going to say my prayers for you. If you need me to pick you up at the border, me and Dave will start driving there now, so let us know. If not, best of luck, everybody. <laughs> All right. On that note, guys, uh, that'll wrap up this episode of the Tip of the Tower Maple Leafs podcast. As always, you can follow the show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Tip of the Tower. You can also follow us on Facebook, at Tip of the Tower. You can reach myself on Twitter, at Chris O'Kranitz. You can reach Dave on Twitter, at D underscore Morisuti. You can reach Jake on Twitter, at Jake Middleton 12. If you like what you're hearing, guys, please subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. And leave us a review. Let us know what you think. We'll see you in the comment section of the articles and enjoy the least, guys. Take care. Sweden, William Nylander. The Knights, Mitch Marner.